This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hi there, this is your friend Dennis Connor coming to you live from the sound headquarters of the Specialty Produce Broadcast Booth, brought to you the courtesy of the Harrington Brothers and of course Roger Harrington, an avid uh, sailor now turned biker, is doing the uh, all the work with the help of uh, some of his colleagues, so thank you Specialty for being what you are. Must be interesting times with the... Uh, uh, unusual delivery from uh, Mexico coming into play. So we'll hear more about that later. But in the meantime, Specialty is doing their best to keep the produce coming in and uh, keep us uh, in avocados and and tomatoes. So thanks, Raj, and thanks to the brothers for making this uh, podcast available. It's a special day for us because in the studio today, we have a good friend and one of the best sailors in the world, bar none, in uh, our presence, and that is Eric Doyle. So uh, Mobile Bay is uh, Eric's uh, home spot. He uh, had a wonderful career before uh, getting into the Starboats and uh, ending up with North Sales. He's won the Star Worlds uh, a couple times. He just uh, he, he's the he's the best sailor no one's really ever heard of, other than the hardcore. He just won the Star. Uh, North American Championships in a close regatta, beating out uh, Paul Caird, another very good, talented, and close friend. He, he just uh, fresh from the Bacardi Cup wind and down in Florida with uh, 100 starboats, a big, big victory. He, he really didn't even have to sail the last race, and so talented, and I feel very fortunate to be his friend, and he sails with us here on the Menace and the uh, beer can races when he can, when he's not too busy helping other folks. He uh, took over a, uh, more responsibility when Vince Brune uh, retired from the head of North One Design. So now Etchell's uh, uh, stars, all, all all the classes all really belong under Eric. And uh, gosh, he's just done such a terrific job. So welcome, Eric. It's a privilege to have you on the show. And we're looking forward to getting a few pearls of your wisdom here this morning. Thank you. Thanks very much, Dennis. Happy to be here, and as always, and getting get to hang out with you is, is uh, great. So hopefully we can uh, entertain the people a little bit. Eric, just for the knowledge of, of our fans and the folks that don't know, uh, it seems like a long way from Mobile Bay to, to San Diego. How did you make that connection with uh, you, you grew up sailing, you had some help with some friends to uh, get to the, the very top, but how did you end up here with uh, North, with all the best sailors in the world? Yeah. In San Diego, yeah, there was uh, there was a nice Starfleet when I was growing up, and I, I, I in there was one in New Orleans, and then there was one in Mobile Bay, and I did a lot of sailing back and forth between those two air er, those two cities and areas. And uh, my good friend John Dane had a boat, and I ended up getting one from him. And I always wanted to try and go to the Olympics, and it was an Olympic class at that time, so. Uh, we did Olympic campaign in 92 and I had met Vince Brune on the circuit a bit and done a little bit of sailmaking and I knew that the, the 
greatest star fleet in the world mm-hmm. was from San Diego. And that was, you know, if I wanted to get truly near the top, you know, I, I had to be sailing here against the best. You know, it all started back with, with, uh, Lowell and guys like yourself and Vince and, you know, all the great star sailors were here. So, so that's how you got here. But now it seems to me there's a shift going on in the, at the top level of sailing. It, it, the San Diego Bay Starfleet used to be the same as the, the best star sailors in the world, synonymous. But we, we've lost some of our mojo here. We uh, Obviously, George Zabo uh, and, and uh, your, uh, Mark Reynolds. Carried the manor here for a few years, but it's, it seems to me that the uh, real power uh, is uh, switched to uh, Western Europe and, and somewhat to uh, South America in Brazil and, and Argentina. So what, what's really going on at the top level of the sailing? It seems like the U.S. Has, has kind of lost their way. We only won two medals in the last Olympics. If you ask most people, they couldn't even tell you what an Olympic class was. We don't have that same uh, fire and drive in the world champions that we used to have. What, what's really going on? How did Europe uh, take over the dominance? And Robert Schleit and the Brazilians with uh, Torben Grail and his and his brother, how did they get so good? And the U.S. seems to have fallen, lost its way. What's really going on at the top level here? Yeah, I think uh, especially in a lot of the keel boats that they've taken out of the Olympics, the, the, the draw for people like myself was, was the Olympic games. So, you know, we, we had this, you know, if you wanted to continue after college, we have a tremendous college system here, which breeds great sailors that can go around the buoys and rock and pump and do all that. But they don't really learn much about racing a boat that needs, different adjustments and setups and they don't learn about rake and mass bend and and sail shape and things like that and and if they're not going to the olympics there's no draw to to bring them into the keel boats that you know were traditionally so strong in the u.s like the soling and the star and the fin and so for a long time the u.s was so great because we had that draw we had strong local fleets Guys competed against each other, got better. They were, you know, people who were interested in making the boats go faster, whether it's through the mast or the boat or the sail shape or the sail design. And we pushed forward on that quite a bit. And we were, we kind of did it ourselves and we all pushed each other and we got better. There were, you know, I remember the Olympic trials in 92 and 96 and 2000. There were, you know, 10 or 15 guys that, that could win races and four or five that could that could win the whole thing. And the other countries took notice of that and they started development programs and they got their kids in young and they identified talent and they identified their, you know, what body size they had and what boat they would fit into to become an elite, you know, racer, whether it be in a fin or a laser or a star. And they provide them with good coaching and then great development. And we kind of fell behind for, for, uh, four or five quadrennium on that and we're still paying playing catch up and like i said the 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 u.s has started a development squad but a lot of the boats now are you know more one design you you can't change anything you can't change the mass and you can't change the boat manufacturer and you have to use their sails and it's so it's strictly time in the boat and we're working on it but Obviously, it's it's going to be a, a long road, and if we ever get there, if our program is strong enough, are, are we hiring the right people? Are we doing the right things? It mm. appears to be, um, 
But well, there's certainly a difference of opinion yeah, in that. Uh, yeah. I, I personally don't see much progress. It's more rhetoric from U.S. sailing. Oh, we got a great new Olympic coach. Oh, our programs spent all this money, but the results yeah. just aren't there to right. me. Yeah, yeah, correct. You know, where 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 are our Robert Schleit and uh, Torben Grails? Uh, uh, they, they just don't seem to be coming forward. So it's it's a little discouraging. And, mm. But it's nice to be able to stay in touch with people like you in Europe and Star Sailors League being so strong. And I see you just won the uh, lo- uh, local uh, Etchels Regatta, which Etchels seems to still be in a robust class with uh, plenty of competition worldwide in a few fleets. So that that still seems to be making it. But the uh, advent of smaller, very intense one-design fleets, uh, J-70, I know Vince Bruin, one of our local heroes and, and our, our great friends, has helped uh, Drew Freeze win the uh, world championships in the, what was the J-70? Melgus 20. Melgus 20 and the J-70 strong. So there still are pockets of 20-foot, 22-foot, uh, small, planing, high-performance sailboats that are doing well. But the fleets are are, are going down, and uh, as we, as we notice here, with you know, our, we used to have thirty boats in our J one hundred five class, and so now we have six, and we used to have fifty boats in our Etchells uh, fleet. And I saw when uh, you won that regatta, the Etchells uh, Midwinters West, uh, twenty two boats, and the top quality boats there was four or five at the very top, but uh, after that, the quality slipped uh, perceptively. So it's not it's not going well. But uh, we're going to still uh, love the, the racing. As far as Dennis Conner personally, he's uh, been fixing up the Splendor, our, our Driscoll 48 for the uh, opening day races and some of the local PHRF races. And with the help of Eric and Gary Wiseman and Vince, uh, we'll uh, race in the beer can race starting, 10 races starting in May. So that's what uh, we're up to here locally. Nothing special, but... Uh, uh, still love the racing, and the, the local scene is strong. The San Diego Yacht Club is doing a good uh, job with hosting regattas from all different aspects of the sport, not just uh, traditional sports, but with the winds, uh, the sky, uh, the the windsurfers and the skite sailing and so on. They're trying to stay in touch, and uh, a couple of ladies on the uh, board of directors. So we're we're staying in tune with what reality is, and they're doing a good job here in San Diego. So. What else? Well, we all uh, know and love, or a lot of us know and love, the uh, the America's Cup. We haven't heard uh, too much. So a lot of uh, noise in the press about uh, late entries and uh, new, uh, new people stepping up. It seems to me that they had the protocol that uh, the entries were closed last year, but now it appears not to be the case. We've uh, seen... Uh, of course, the, the Emirates uh, def, uh, defender writing the rules in conjunction with uh, Team Lunarosa, the the official challenger. We had the New York Yacht Club, uh, the American uh, Magic Challenge, headed by Terry McLaughlin and Quantum Sales. They they have the advantage of being with the New York Yacht Club, a lot of tradition, a lot of knowledge, a lot of uh, strong support. They have all the money they need, so. The America's Cup really, from you know, from the beginning, has been it's about the money. Show me the money because the best sailor in the world, as you've heard me say before, can't win the America's Cup without a boat. So show me the money, and then after the money comes the uh, the people, the technology, and the, 
the lawyers. I mean, can't tell you how many regattas have been influenced by the lawyers all the way back from uh, Dunraven suing the New York Yacht Club. And, of course, we had that uh, incident with the Australians in, in 83 and uh, – a, a, a lot of knowledge and a lot of wasted time has gone into the, the event w- without knowing the rules, and it's uh, it's spitting people. So we have uh, right now they have the American Magic Boat, and we have another challenge: uh, Stars and Stripes, uh, uh, using the name Stars and Stripes, uh, are uh, the name that we use for m- many years. Uh, uh, very enthusiastic uh, group of folks. Uh, Based in uh, Chicago and New York, they they are trying hard, and uh, they 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 could make it to the to the uh, dance as well. So it looks to me like there's uh, f- four people, pretty much uh, for certain, with the uh, possibility of, of the uh, Netherlands. Uh, I don't see we don't see uh, Bermuda stepping up. Uh, the Malta challenge they they've. Uh, I, I just don't see it. You know, maybe I, I just don't know enough about it to give you good input, but I don't see the um, Malta uh, challenge going very far, and we haven't heard much from the Dutch. They, uh, how do you do a fundraiser to come up with uh, $100 million? So I don't see that uh, Alta's challenge from the Royal Malta Yacht Club going anywhere and uh, the, the uh, Royal Rowing and Sailing Society uh, of Moss a late entry from the Dutch. I, I don't see it. Of course, Team France has uh, announced that they're, they're not going to participate, and we hear uh, constant rumors from China. But uh, again, I, I wouldn't count on it. So at this point, uh, later this year, we'll see who really launches the boats and get, gets out sailing. My guess is there'll be, uh, you know, maybe four challengers, a strong defense. They have a number of race courses laid out in Auckland. The city is getting uh, more and more behind it and more excited about having the event. The boats, as we know, are going to be in foiling uh, 75-foot uh, mining hulls with uh, foils out the side. The uh, event is supplying the boats and part of the mast. The uh, sale gets to be developed by the uh, various syndicates. So most will, I suspect, Eric, will be uh, north sales, some sort of uh, 3D yeah, uh, yeah. development. And, of course, Terry McLaughlin is really uh, a quantum guy, so they'll have their own program. be interesting to see uh, how they develop against the north technology. But as I understand it, the uh, America's Cup folks are uh, supplying the halls and the spars, and that you can develop the soft sail behind. So there might be two luffs coming out the back of the sail, joined together with some fancy uh, uh, system. And we'll see sails like we've never seen before. There'll be some small jib. And uh, we're going to see an America's Cup here in uh, in Auckland in less than uh, two years. Who will win? I, I, I don't really know. The uh, it's going to be who comes up with the creative uh, uh, ability to move their foils, the rudder and the, and the uh, underwater appendages, and how to adjust that sail. These boats, I don't see them being much of a real exciting boat in light air. If if you have those pontoons down there and they're both dragging in the water, got a lot of wetted surface, and uh, the tacking and uh, Jiving won't be the same as a model hull, so the starts will be 
be interesting to see. There will be some excitement uh, coming up for us in, in, in that event. So we'll have to uh, stay tuned to what's, what's uh, going on there. It uh, looks like there's uh, four well-funded, which has always been a problem. The, the money makes, it makes things, uh, the grease, it makes things uh, work. So yeah, I'll get back to you here uh, after the Ensenada race, after the Bermuda race, after the Chicago Mac race, if there's um, anything exciting. But right now, uh, things are pretty much in a holding pattern. The, the, the racing uh, has slowed down. There's not as many entries in the uh, Ensenada race, not only because of the lack of uh, interest, but just the committees are making it so difficult to to get your entry in and comply with the safety instructions. Can you imagine you have to have uh, two six-man rafts for a 10-man crew, costs $1,000 each just to certify, and then you get the uh, to go to Mexico, you got to get the passports and all the crew information, get your boat registered. A, a lot of drama for a 12-hour race. And so if it keeps going this way, you're just going to have cruising boats uh, headed to Ensenada. It's too bad. But uh, that's uh, pretty much our update here from the uh, Specialty Produce uh, Network. Roger, thanks again for making this happen. Anything uh, good and exciting, we'll get Eric back here to give us an update on what's going on with uh, his uh, progress in Europe and as he sells sales uh, around the world. So good luck, Eric. Congratulations on a wonderful start to your year, and we'll look forward to following you all. So that's it. Dennis and Eric coming to you live from uh, Specialty Produce and in uh, Old Town San Diego. Thanks Thank very you. much, Dennis. Thanks, Eric. Have a good day.